All right. Is that going for everybody? One second. Turn the signal. So, hope this is working. I uh, I have to prop this up on top of the hotel's TV because it's the only place I can get at least three bars for my Wi-Fi signal. Uh, oh man, the quality looks terrible. Uh, can you hear me? Is this working? What's the chat have to say? Come on, you can do it. junk hotel is this? Freaking $200 a night for no Wi-Fi? Uh, Alright. Is anybody there? Can you see? Can you hear? I feel like I'm talking to my neighbors upstairs. I go like this. Oh, there's like a 30 second delay also. There we go. Okay. I think the chat actually worked that time. Oh. Please check with your resolution. Come on. Stupid hotel. <laughs> Come on, you can do it. You can do it. So let me go on chat and see if it works. I have no idea if this is at all working for you. This might be the most shortest, most boring uh, live stream ever. Well, uh, I have no idea if I'm talking to anybody here. Uh, it says there's viewers, but I can't see any uh, comments. And it makes me feel like an old boomer when I do this. So I got monkey butt enjoying the bed behind me. And uh, yay, internet. Come on, friend. You got this. Well, thank you to everybody who's, uh, okay. We got a message from one friend says it's live and can see me, but I, my chat isn't working at all. So I'm not seeing anything that, that uh, anyone has got here. Okay, let me just work. Just work, you piece of crap. There it is. Oh, everybody showed up. Okay. All right. There we go. All right. <laughs> Seems like I'm wearing pants. All right. Chat's back. Finally. Thank you. Okay. So. I want to thank uh, Matt Timmons. He sent a couple bucks my way. And uh, all right, we can see me. Thank you, Jer. Or not Jer, I should say. All right, so um, 
what should we talk about? Oh, I, like we covered a little bit last night. Those of you who caught my random standing in the desert, pointing my camera at uh, uh, beautiful scenery. Um, the I guess the stuff to talk about really is is the big short attack that happened on Thursday that kind of drove the price of everything down, um, and what was behind that. It's possible it was short hedge funds. I also think it might have been perhaps option, options houses uh, trying to drive the price down so the whole bunch of those options didn't go in the money. It worked pretty well. I mean, they managed to shave off $20 for the end of the week. Uh, if, if that price had closed at 70 bucks or more, it would have been nuts. But I do think we'll get a little bit of gamma squeeze uh, happening on Monday and Tuesday as a result. So um, I bought some huge out-of-the-money options uh, at the end of the trading day on Friday and then I plan if we get a big gamma to sell them and get some cash like so a pay for getting my truck the heck out of Bishop, California back to Seattle so I can get worked on. Uh, let's see here. Oh, there. And Jess Davis, thank you. All right. Um, okay, let's try to get some questions here. Someone said AMC Insiders shares can't be traded or sold during the squeeze. Yes, that's true. Uh, insiders, well, I mean, it can be sold. They just have to file with uh, uh, the SEC that, that they're going to sell them, and no one has done that yet. So uh, they can't all of a sudden just sell their shares during the squeeze because that's against the law. It's insider trading. Um, so they've got to uh, file ahead of time and give notice that they're going to make these trades. Uh, that way, everyone's on board. So the insiders can't trade unless they've done that. So Deborah, yeah. Okay. What's most likely, if anything, that could expose naked shorts? Um, at this point, I think, is it this week that GME has their uh, their meeting? What what the hell is the date today, anyways? Oh, the 5th. Um, I think it's this week, isn't it? We might get a, a, a share count on them. Uh, I think the AMC share count was at like 500 million or something, which seemed extremely low. Uh, but the most likely way that we can expose naked shorts, I think, without uh, a squeeze happening, is going to be um, probably if GME issues that crypto dividend at the end of the week. That would be amazing uh, because we will see things go bonkers as a result. So I'm I am pulling for that crypto dividend. I'm hoping they they will just mess with everyone as a result. I'm so excited for that. So yes, Dr. Stonk, I think that will be the best way to expose it before we have a, a squeeze. Okay, show us the lamp. Um, hopefully it'll show up. <laughs> there's, there's the lamp right there. And there's another one uh, back there behind me. So the lamp is there. Now I gotta put this back on the TV and hope my internet stays there. <laughs> okay pants on or adam aaron style yeah i, I <laughs> trey's face when he saw that adam aaron wasn't wearing any pants was uh <laughs> reminded me of of that uh there's that viral video of the reporter that was in yellowstone and the bison were getting too close he's like oh hell no <laughs> that was kind of trey's face on that that was pretty classic all right uh, 
Dave, this is from uh, UIUX. Did you ever respond to uh, Adobit's uh, post-tail debunked no valid source for Citadel being blocked for repo market? If Wade's fucking fine document, I'll make an official post. I responded to him several times and he got really mean. Um, I don't know why, I like the guy. Uh, uh, he, he asked me what proof there was that Citadel uh, ever naked shorted treasury bonds and I sent him his own article and then he just lost his mind. <laughs> uh, then I had to send him a Rolling Stone article from 2010 that was showing that back then they were that they were shorting the U.S. Treasury bonds by 250 billion dollars. Um, but like when I said that that uh, uh, the possible reason why they got banned from from uh, participating in the reverse repo market was because they probably sent a whole bunch of naked bonds to the to the Fed. That was a joke. I told the same joke on. Uh, Atlantic Market Capital the night before. I thought it was a funny joke, but a lot of people, they demanded to see proof that they had sent naked bonds to the feds. Um, I did not have proof for that. I just was making a joke about that. Okay. Get your shit together, man. Yeah, I know, seriously. <laughs> okay. Um... Love you too, Donna. Wind down, plug, plug back in, yeah. Okay. Sam Falk, did I shrink? I shrink a lot. I have the, the computer right now is at about eight feet in the air. Uh, it's the only way I can get the, any Wi-Fi signal in this hotel. I am like as far away from the main office as one could possibly be. I'm probably at 200 yards from like where the Wi-Fi signal's coming from. So that's why I'm here. Okay. Oh, did I get another one up there? Uh, thoughts on BAM's website and Trey's live stream, stream supposedly getting DDoS'd simultaneously today. Yeah, I went back and I, I watched that video because I didn't have a chance to see it live. Um, I don't know, maybe he, he was having the same hotel issues I'm having. I'm not quite sure. Uh, uh, but if not, it seemed pretty sketchy because I think I guess his computer is completely just screwed now. Um, I wouldn't doubt, I mean, the dude's got a huge following and he's now making on, M on uh, CNBC and talking about this stuff. So, you know, if it's cheap to hack somebody, then it is to like pay out billions of dollars. So why not do that? Um, yeah, possible, possible as a DDoS attack. So, uh, wingless coyote. Um, yeah. And thanks for the super chat. Yes. Uh, Leo, yes, I'm not rotting in the desert. Instead, I'm rotting away in this hotel room because it was so hot today, a dog and I couldn't leave. The, the, everywhere is like fresh black tarmac and the dog would just burn her feet, so I didn't, couldn't do that to her. So she's been sleeping in the air-conditioned room all day, and she's so happy to be doing that, not in the truck. Okay. Say hi to me, Houston. Big fan. Hell, there you are, Donna. Yep. <laughs> all right. Naked shorts that everyone's talking about. Yeah, that was kind of um, uh, uh, the, the, the news of the day because it was it yesterday. Oh man, days were going together. The, that dude on CNBC uh, kind of mentioned the naked shorting and we got what's her face's like <gasps> look on her face. Um, yeah, so uh, uh, 
now that's kind of getting into the mainstream, even if, even if he wasn't supposed to talk about that, naked shorting is the big crime on Wall Street right now. And that is, that's where the, I, th I personally think this next crash is going to come from, is from naked shorting of uh, uh, stocks, is that when the bill comes due finally, and it will, like the market needs to be corrected so that it can operate uh, uh, more functionally. But um, it, it's gonna be big and it's gonna be bad. And a lot of people are living with their head in the sand because they make their money off these naked shorts. You know, those, a lot of those commentators on, on CNBC, uh, they get paid by the hedge funds. They get checks to badmouth the stock so that the, those hedge funds can short them. And Jim Cramer, you know, 15 years ago, admitted to that, that he, he collects money from these hedge funds to do exactly that, to badmouth the stock and to make sure it goes into the ground. So, you know, when you're getting financial advice from a lot of these guys, uh, they're not actually giving advice. They're just, uh, uh, you know, helping their buddies. Um, you know, they, a lot of these people that run the same circles, they are members of the same clubs, they, they go to the same steakhouses, they probably visit the same prostitutes, and, uh, you know, they, they, they uh, help each other out. I mean, it was, anyone ever see the movie Hustlers? And uh, about the ladies at scores that would like drug and rob all the, the uh, Wall Street guys? All those dudes, they, you know, they're all going to the same places, they're all doing the same things. They're all buddies and bros, and they all went to Harvard for MBAs, and, you know, they got each other's interest at heart. They don't have ours. That's, uh, yeah, so those short stocks, that's that's what's going to do us in in the end here. Okay. Uh, so this is from Goss. Again, I'm, I'm mispronouncing name. Gostelin. Uh, the anti-trade halts revealed that Citadel is probably hedging their short GME positions with long AMC ones. What's your thoughts about that? Um. I don't know. I think they're trying to hedge everything. Uh, I think they have lots of puts and calls. They just can't afford to exercise any of them. Um, the the big thing is, I think, is that all these meme stocks, your Bed Bath and Beyonds and Costs and all that stuff, is that they're all connected. They're all they've all been shorted to oblivion, and these short hedge funds are trying to just take an entire segment of the market and just destroy a lot of. Um, brick-and-mortar stores and a lot of companies that may have had their heyday 10-15 years ago uh, and you know if, they, if the pandemic kept going they may have succeeded but you know when Keith Gill pointed out that this stuff can be squeezed and everyone jumped on board that I think was a turning point and they don't really know how to get out of that so um, my guess is that Citadel probably has tons of puts and calls of both GME and AMC because that's pretty much what their investment portfolio is. They don't really hold much actually in the way of stock. They just have $300 billion in puts and calls. All right. Um, any thoughts on the impact of the upcoming Russell, uh, Russell re, uh, Constitution? Um, yeah, I, I think both AMC and GME might move from the Russell 2000 to the Russell 1000, which would be a big deal. Uh, their market caps right now are gigantic and have the potential to be absolutely explosive. It won't last. Uh, once the squeeze happens, that stuff kind of dies down. Um, but yes, uh, Commander John, I, I think that's going to have an impact for sure. Oh, uh, not Jer. 
Uh, do I think the CNBC slip-up is going to be a catalyst to this week? Very possible. Um, you know, the, there's a lot of boomers who watch CNBC and they might not necessarily be aware of what naked short selling is. Um, most Americans don't know what short selling is. They don't, they don't, uh, uh, there's, what's that TV show? There's a Canadian TV show, Mr. D, and he's like this idiot gym teacher and he is trying to short stocks. So he's like buying stocks and when they go down, he like high fives and all the kids think he's just an idiot because he's not actually shorting anything. He's just losing a bunch of money. I think a lot of Americans in their minds don't understand how or why money can be made by a stock going down. And so they don't have the tools necessarily to know that these things are being done uh, kind of illegally. They just, because they don't understand short selling to begin with. So uh, selling shares that don't exist to people seems like it should be just against the law, which it is, um, but no one's doing anything about it. That kind of um, seems to be where most of America is. And the wake-up call that people, that you know, the apes have had uh, constitute most of the knowledge base for the public regarding all of this. So I think that CNBC slip-up might be a catalyst and it might lead to more people being willing to talk about it on these business networks. You might see it talked about on Bloomberg or Fox Business CNBC more in the future because they've really kept it on the down low for a long time. Uh, but let's hope there's a few more people that are ballsy out there and we'll talk about it. Okay. I'm trying to get to all these questions here in time. Um, so, yeah, so is, is Trey's computer completely just kaput? Um, I mean, I don't really have anything on this computer except for this program. I can use the chat and maybe Word. So hopefully there's not much to get to wipe out on here if someone does attack me. Okay. Uh, let's see here, who we got? The Zanuco Lodge, Costa Rica. Oh, welcome from Costa Rica. Uh, the AMC did a share count and told us there was 500 million, give a little more, uh, but if there are synthetic shares, should the count be higher? Yes, the count should be super high. Um, I am surprised that they only got 500 million shares considering how, how, how high the volume is on a daily basis. I mean, 500 million shares is the volume and none of you are trading them, you're just buying them. So uh, I think also it's a big impact is that a lot of Europe couldn't vote and they have invested like crazy, and a lot of Asia too, um, they invested heavily into uh, AMC and GME, but a lot of their uh, uh, trading platforms don't allow them to vote because the way, it, what happens is, is that the trading platform buys the stock and puts it in a, basically a holding company, and just sort of attaches the user's name to that stock, but they don't actually own the stock in their brokerage account. And it's too complicated for these uh, brokerages to actually get the American shares and put it into a European brokerage account. Um, uh, 212, I think, managed to finally get those stocks to their customers. Uh, what's the one that starts with an R? A lot of people in Europe use it. Uh, in Ireland, we're, having, we're doing okay. But um, I think eToro didn't, couldn't get theirs to their customers and a couple others. Okay. AMC 200 by Wednesday, let's do it. 
first my truck, then try to spare things in the deck. Yeah. Oh my God, my truck. Seriously, uh, two and a half years ago, I left on an adventure for a 5,000 mile journey and 30 miles outside of town, it threw a rod and the whole engine seized. So it took five months to like find a new engine, get it remanufactured, put it in the truck, and it blows up again exactly the same way. Like, what the heck? I bought this car because it was supposed to be bulletproof. And, uh, man, it sucks. Uh, synthetic shares wouldn't show up in the count, would they? Uh, the synthetic shares would show up if people are trying to vote and they don't have physical shares in their account. So this means if, say, uh, you're with, I don't know, Fidelity or something, and you own X number of shares of AMC in your account, and there's another brokerage, a hedge fund that, that trades under Fidelity's brokerage, uh, they sold a bunch of naked shares, whether it was via, um, uh, uh, say, calls, something like that, or just shares in general when they, when they did a short attack. And at the end of the day, when the clearinghouse has to make this stuff merge and clear the books, they say, oh my goodness, this hedge fund sold you know, a million shares they shouldn't. We've got to put them on notice and they go into the regular brokerage and they go, okay, I have all these people and all these companies that have these shares. They put a bunch of synthetics into those spots and they take the real shares and they give them to the other brokerage where the trade was made. And then they tell the, uh, the hedge fund or whoever, hey man, you've got uh, 21 days to figure this shit out or else you know, we're gonna have to liquidate you. The big problem is that if you're a market maker in a hedge fund, you never have to actually find those shares. There's a loophole that means they don't have to ever like find them. They can remain synthetic forever, which is an IOU that sits there forever. Um, the only thing that can probably trigger it is a big dividend, um, a squeeze of some kind, or you know the crypto dividend that GME might issue. The crypto dividends are just diabolical and genius. I love it. Uh, so I really want I really want to see it put in action. It's going to be awesome. Okay, she's a big sweetie. Give her a belly bump for me. Is that for my dog or <laughs> just? Someone in general, I'm not sure. Do I know the current repo market status? I have not seen updates since um, last week when they were at like 450 billion. Uh, so Dr. Stonk, um, I, I, haven't, I haven't, been, haven't been getting up in my reading this week because I've been driving so much. Uh, uh, so I don't know, I don't know how much it's at. I, I assume that they're still trying to get liquidity in the market. So they might still be going, but there's that $500 billion cap I'm not sure the time frame of the $500 billion cap. Okay. Oh, the comments are outpacing my ability to scroll here. What's my game plan when the, when the MLS crashes the market and sets off hyperinflation? Uh, I don't know. I, prostitution or something? I don't know. Um, will hyperinflation happen? It's possible, but... You know, the, the thing about hyperinflation is it usually happens with currencies that aren't a global standard. So, you know, Germany after World War I, no one gave a rip about Deutschmarks back then. Uh, Zimbabwe uh, in the two, early 2000s, when they couldn't print bills fast enough, they solved it by actually adopting the US, by setting their currency to the US dollar and kind of adopting the dollar as their currency. That was a great way to to stop I mean, their inflation there. They had bills that were like numbers larger than atoms in the universe, it was crazy. 
50 quadrillion dollar bills that you had to go buy a Coca-Cola with it. Um, so we might, we might see a lot of inflation, kind of 1970s style. Uh, interest rates might go a little bonkers to kind of stay that off. Stay that off. Um, anyone ever see Brewster's Millions? Brilliant, brilliant Richard Pryor movie. But you forget what the 80s were like. And, you know, Brewster, he, gets, he has to spend a million dollars a day uh, and not accrue anything. And to do it, he's got to, he's, he, he has to like, spend all this money for a month and inherit a whole bunch of money later. And so he goes to the bank, and the bank's like, oh, we're going to set up a savings account for you. give you 25% interest. And he's like, no. And I'm thinking, 25% interest? My checking account has like a quarter of a percent. <laughs> 1980s were awesome for, for uh, interest rates. But then again, if you bought a $30,000 house, you're probably paying the same monthly mortgage as you do on a half-million-dollar house today because you have a 15% interest rate on your mortgage. Okay. How do hedge funds, this is from uh, Cole Kelly, how do hedge funds hide synthetics uh, and far out put options? Um, what they do is the hedge funds buy these deep puts and calls that are in the money and uh, you know they pay the whatever premium is on these things and then they sit and they uh, do two things. One is they claim via reg show that they have that they have um, uh, found shares that can cover their position, uh, but they haven't ex they haven't uh, uh, executed these shares. They haven't they haven't um, uh, bought the exercise the options. Um, and another thing that they'll do is they'll have these deep puts and calls, and then they'll issue synthetic shares on top of that. Uh, so, you know, and and there might be weird things too with the market makers with groups like Citadel that can generate these options out of thin air and then you know they don't is there any rules that have to sell them maybe they're just generating all these options and putting them in an account and saying they have them uh there's there's all sorts of weird ways that they can that they can get around this so cole kelly uh that's one of the ways that they're that they're hiding this stuff um back in january and february when melvin had said they closed their positions uh they didn't they they used deep puts and calls and synthetics to do it and to mask their position. If they had actually covered their position, the price on GME would have kept skyrocketing. And rather than not dropping down to $40 back then, you, you don't cover hundreds of millions of shares and the price drops. That's not how it works. Okay. Oh, which one will squeeze first, GME or AMC? Um, oh, right? I would have, a month ago, I would have said GME would have been the first to squeeze, but right now, I think AMC might do it. Their share price is getting bonkers. There's so many shares out there that if their price level gets to where, where GME is today, all of a sudden AMC is a company worth hundreds of billions of dollars market cap. And, you know, that's just, anyone who would look at the, at the fundamentals would be like, a company that makes a billion dollars a year costs $300 billion to buy, and that's not sustainable. <laughs> you know, those, those banks are gonna go, you know what, give us our shares back. We need to sell these things before, before it's done. Uh, they wanna make money too. Everyone wants to make money. And I think if AMC gets into the hundreds of dollars, that will probably trigger it faster than anything else. Okay.
This is from uh, Mob Nuts Dej. I don't know if I'm saying that right at all. Houston, you're one of the best followers because of your wealth of knowledge, but where are the hookers? Um, I passed a place yesterday called the Wildcat Ranch uh, out in Hawthorne, Nevada. I, was, I think they're out there. There's another one just south of me called uh, the Shady Lady. They call it a bed and breakfast, uh, but uh, there, are, there are a lot of semi-trucks parked in front of that bed and breakfast, I can tell you that much. Okay. I did. Oh, I missed the last hot sat hot sauce. Do a super chat. I totally missed it. I'm sorry. Um, last hot sauce. Thank you. Some of this stuff is not popping up for me. My the chat is such a weird little thing. Um, question: Will DTCC CPU buying program be a one day event? So I mean, Moas is over at the end of the trading day. This is from Ryan Smith. I don't think so. I think it's going to take days. Uh, mainly because you have a couple of steps. Uh, one is when the margin calls happen and the liquidation of the hedge funds are done so that they can get cash to buy these stocks. Um, eventually, the hedge funds are gonna run out of cash because they don't have enough money, enough liquidity, and enough assets under management to actually buy all the shares they need to buy. That's why they're getting margin called. Then it'll be onto the banks. The banks will have to uh, spend until they're out of cash. And then it'll probably come down to the clearinghouse, their, their insurance uh, fund that they have set up, and then probably the, the Fed will have to step in. And so you might see waves of cash coming into uh, the market over, over periods of time. And yeah, a couple of factors will slow it down. One is the, the, uh, the circuit breaker. So you know, when the stock raises too fast, they stop trading and it waits for 10, 15 minutes or whatever the time period is, five minutes and kind of resets, calms everyone down and takes off again, I'll stop after it goes up another 10%. And so you have a lot of these pauses throughout the day. And then also, uh, when the day's trading is over, you know, they may not, have, may not have gotten all their shares they need, or uh, one of those layers may have run out of cash and they don't have enough time to trigger the next, next round from say the banks or the insurance uh, program through the clearinghouse. And so, you know, I can imagine they might have say $400 billion in hand for whatever. They buy, 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 then they're out of that money. And trading just kind of halts for a while. There's not much movement, the price is too high. So the retail investors can't get in it because they don't have the $100,000 it takes to buy a share. And who would get in when they know the share is gonna crash in a day or so? And, uh, and so at the end of the day, you know, the clearinghouse will balance all the books and pass the real legit shares around, erase synthetics they bought. And then, then they may have to wait for the Federal Reserve to to pump some money in, or the treasury to pump some money in or someone. And then the next day they start buy, 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 buy again until they run out of money. Plus you'll have all those circuit breakers happen on the way up still. So I think it, it will be a multi-day event. I think the, the, the VW squeeze was like eight days or something. And that was a fraction of what this is going to be. So, you know, we're not, we're not just getting uh, uh, a squeeze on one or two stocks. We're probably having a squeeze on 100 or more stocks, be my guess. And a lot of money is going to be moving around when that's happening. Okay. Dealer joints. Something to fix truck, homie. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Right now I need something to get the truck home. I've got to, uh, I'm trying to shuffle some money around, but uh, to get a U-Haul and a trailer to drag it home is just ridiculous right now. All, all, the, all the rentals for cars are bonkers. If you're trying to rent a car, uh, that's a great market right there. 
So last year, no one's renting cars because no one could travel and there's no airfare, no tourism. So all the rental car companies are trying these crazy deals. Uh, Sixth rental car sent me an email that was like, hey, do a monthly rental on a Mercedes and you can get it for $79 a week. Drive it as much as you want. Murder the thing, we don't care. And now the prices for rental cars are through the roof because these rental car companies, their revenue is through renting cars. And if no one's renting cars, they've got this huge supply of vehicles, they've got to get rid of them. They have to sell them all to be able to not go into debt. So they sold off their all their fleets. And then they didn't order more because if you order more money, more uh, uh, cars, and there's no customers, well, you just burn it through cash. So they just sat on these little supplies of rental cars, and all of a sudden the pandemic's over and there's not enough cars everywhere. So, you know, I had a friend that messaged me, they, were, they went to Hawaii for vacation, asked me if any of my friends there had uh, uh, cars they could borrow because the rental car was like $400 a day. <laughs> that's, that's not sustainable for anybody. Okay, let's see here. Uh, Izzy is. Uh, do I believe the government is really trying to do something about something to stop Citadel and naked shorting the SEC? Not enough for sure. Um, I do think it's been made clear by the other members of these clearinghouse uh, organizations that they're willing to let them die and take over uh, Citadel's operations. Um, I think the SEC, what the SEC is scared of is a market collapse that takes out a whole bunch of investment banks. So I would bet that they've been in meetings for the past couple of months trying to figure out ways to save these banks because, you know, as we heard the, the mantra 12 years ago, there are banks that are too big to fail. And if you have these huge banks that, that manage trillions in assets and they're responsible for all this liquidity that passes through the market so that people can buy cars and homes and pay for college and do all these things and their cash runs dry, well, the entire economy just contracts. It grinds to a halt. Um, so I think a lot of what the SEC and the Federal Reserve are probably working on is sort of a game plan for when this happens. Uh, at least I'd hope that's what they're doing. Uh, they did that in the first, in the uh, 2008 when Bear Stearns went under. Uh, they basically had a meeting with the largest uh, banks and those banks said, they didn't, they didn't invite Bear Stearns, and those banks said, let them die, we'll take over. Just give us their assets for pennies on the dollar. And the Federal Reserve was like, cool. So that's what they did. They let Bear Stearns just go under, and um, I think it was J.P. Morgan that swooped in and got all of their assets for like one penny on the dollar. Their stock had been like close to 100 bucks, and then they bought all the shares for a dollar, and that was how they took over. Okay. Uh, are BIMPs even going to be a thing in 10 years on with all the interleaf bearing NTFs? going to pop under two, what do you think? I have, I'll be honest, I don't know enough about that. Sorry, Leo, I'm gonna have to read up on that. If you can send me an article or something, I, I, will, I will read about BIMPs and uh, under twos, whatever. <laughs> whatever, whatever that all is. Okay. 1.4 billion in options for June 18th, $145 stock price thoughts. Um, that's that's the, the option I bought late Friday at the end of the trading day for $4.78 or something. And I'm just betting that there's gonna be a little gamma squeeze happening Monday and Tuesday. And hopefully I can double my money or triple it on that 
if we get a good rocket of buying pressure. Because um, what you need is that good volatility, which is the, the curve is really high, and then the implied volatility goes to the roof, and all of a sudden those options are worth a fortune. That's where I made my mistake when I sold my other my $15 June 18th last Tuesday for 1700 bucks or whatever, and then the next day they're worth $7,000. Oh, that would take care of a new engine, no problem. Um, so that's that's what you're looking for on, on if you're gonna like day trade those options, and that's kind of what I'm what I'm shooting for. Uh, software, Houston, what do you think about uh, Adam Aaron and AMC? 11.5 million shares last week. Uh, when AMC about to squeeze. Yeah, uh, someone didn't ask me that question last night when I was wandering the desert. Um, I think it was shady for uh, the board of AMC to make those shares available to the short hedge funds at a discounted price in a dark pool market. Uh, that did not show much respect to the shareholders in, in their company, and I didn't like that. Um, so, you know, it took a lot of buying pressure off that day, and that's probably one of the reasons why the short, uh, uh, the short attack was so much more successful with AMC than it was with GME, and the price dropped so much further was probably because of that move. When, when GME offered their three and a half million shares, they didn't offer it to anyone except re retail. They just put it on the market and said, we're selling, they slowly sold it. They sold it piecemeal over days. So it didn't drop down the, the share price very much and didn't affect the volume. Uh, but it sounds like that, that the board of AMC just said, hey, hedge funds, uh, I've got 11 million shares here. What will you give me for them? And they just went and it took all of the drive out of that uh, uh, squeeze that was happening, so yeah, that's that's my opinion on that on that uh, 1.5 million shares that were sold. Plus, you know, wait till the price is higher. If you want to make a bunch of money, you can sell fewer shares at a crazy higher price and not really affect the volume and make just as much money. So that's you know, wait, just wait, then pay off your debt. Okay. Are we going to be red tomorrow or what? I think it's going to be green tomorrow. I think there's going to be a little bit of gamma squeeze going on. So, yeah. Did I try tethering my phone to the internet? My phone is stuck in like 3G. So if I try to tether this, it's going to be even worse. <laughs> Sorry, uh, uh, Simmons. Chaus, did I say your name? Chaus? Simmons? Okay. Oh, oh, oh. Man, the chat is really terrible on this. Uh, you, can't, you can't just call every contrary to take his FUD. I kind of, yeah, uh, I, get, I got called FUD for, you know, pointing something out. Um, uh, this is from Cole. Do I think BlackBerry will squeeze with the others? Yes, I do. I think there's enough short interest uh, going on with them. So uh, uh, that, in my opinion, is one of the stocks that will probably squeeze when this all goes bonkers. So yes, Cole, I think that's the case. All right. And thank you for the super chat. That's all helpful. Everything everything goes to getting the war rig home so I can then beg my mechanic to do some work for me. It's from P. PMF. I got 100,000 GME options on Robinhood. Uh, should I be worried when we squeeze? 
Well, if you've got that many options, you're going to be filthy rich, man. <laughs> I don't. I wouldn't be worried about anything. Um, uh, not with the options, no. Because uh, uh, either they'll automatically, uh, uh, when they expire, they'll trigger and you'll make a fortune, or at some point you'll be able to sell. Uh, the key is with those options is that when the implied volatility goes nuts and it starts to rocket upwards, uh, that's when the price is highest on them. So if you want to sell those options, but the problem is if it rockets too fast, then they do a halt on trading. And during that halt, the volatility uh, drops because the price remains the same during that halt. So when it picks back up again, the price of those options are way back down here once more. You gotta wait for it to, to spike again before you can get your full money's worth. Um, there was somebody in the last uh, chat I'd done that during the, the squeeze, their options were all of a sudden worth $500,000. Then there was a halt. And when trading started again, they're worth $35,000, even though the price hadn't changed in the stock at all during that time. So that, that really sharp curve upwards is what you're looking for when you really want to like make bank on, uh, on uh, those options. So that's what you're looking for. Uh, I don't think Robinhood can really screw the options market in that way. I mean, I could be wrong, uh, but most people seem to be trading options on Robinhood because it's just such an easy graphic user interface to, to purchase and sell options. It's a little more difficult than some of the other uh, brokerages. I, 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 if I were Schwab or Fidelity or one of those, I would definitely hire away the team that had made uh, Robinhood's user interface because it's so much easier to look at and to like use. You know, for me to do something with Fidelity, even look at what my account is, it's like 12 clicks to get to what my, what my, how much money I have. And that's just a stupid system. Whereas if I log into Robinhood, it's right there. It shows me a graph of all of my, all my net worth throughout the day. And it's, and they may call it gamification, but it's actually just helpful. <laughs> so um, that's my take on those options. Okay. All right. Mr. Joe Nada, my favorite physicist. Uh, I like teachers. I like, I like, I like good teachers. Um, uh, Feynman is a great teacher and his, his biographies I've read are just fascinating. I like dude's mind work. And the thing is he hated publishing papers. So he would sit in his office and work on something and, uh, uh, and then he'd just stick it in a drawer because he worked it out and he never published a paper on it. I remember a story about uh, when Chandra Sakar was talking about how he discovered the limit at which a neutron star could, could maintain uh, neutron de degeneracy before it collapsed into a black hole. It's like 1.4 times the mass of our sun to make it finally collapse. And he's giving his talk at Caltech and Feynman goes to his desk and like hands him a sheet of paper and he's like, yeah, I worked that out 20 years ago. Charles Carr was like, well, why don't you ever publish? He's like, meh, you take the credit. <laughs> but, you know, he was such an amazing teacher that, that, that people, you know, people who are, who are neophytes and not at all into physics, they would come to his classes just to have their minds blown. And that kind of skill is magical. Um, I had a lot of physics professors that weren't very good at that. And they may have understood what they're talking about, but they had no ability to convey that to someone else. And, and it's, 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 you might be a natural at it, or it's one of those learned skills. Um, I remember the first time I had to teach a math class. My entire life, I, I would sit in school. The teacher would put an equation on the board. I go, oh yeah, I get it. 
And I was in a classroom where everyone else got it because we were like the, the little special math nerd kids. And then all of a sudden I'm teaching a math class and I write the equation on the board and I point at it and the whole class is like, what the hell is that? Why are there letters in that thing? I'm like, don't you understand? And they're like, no, we're art students. We don't understand at all. It's like, oh crap. And I had to like develop an understanding of why it made sense to my brain when I looked at those things. Uh, it's, uh, it's, yeah, I, I, like, I like the physicists who are really good teachers. So maybe Feynman, Feynman's probably up there to answer that there, Mr. Joe Nada. Okay. Um, oh, the chat's getting away from me again here. I'm talking too much about physicists. Um, okay. Oh, shoot, I'm scrolling too fast again. Uh, O2 likely gets passes on 618 and goes into effect on 21st. That'd be awesome. Um, I'm, I'm hoping that, that we get O2 and O5 in the next two weeks, uh, and then we get that crypto dividend and everything just goes nuts. Uh, we want just the convergence of all these things to just really make it go bonkers. So, yeah. So, Steve Morgan, I'm hoping that's, that's true. Okay. Uh, hey, Houston, I'm missing some super chats. I think I am missing super chats. I'm sorry. I get talking and then they. Uh, Jim Kong, thank you for the super chat. Um, I wish they timestamped this stuff so I could actually see it better. Uh, this is uh, Resident Flea. Hey, Houston, during the squeeze, can your broker sell your shares without your permission? mentioned about penny stock owners who suddenly had $5 million in the account. Uh, that, was a, that was a hypothetical. Um, that we saw with, with some of the, the uh, I think it was Robinhood and Interactive Brokers and someone else, I can't remember the third one, where I think people that, were, that had been trading on margin, they saw when Robinhood was getting margin called for all that, for all the huge volume and prices that were happening, uh, they stopped trading and they actually liquidated some people's accounts of their shares uh, claiming it was a margin call. It's really shady, but they do reserve the right to be able to do that. Um, so, yeah. Okay. Oh, Jess Davis, thank, thank you. Thank you for help with the truck. <laughs> It's it's gonna it's a it's it's gonna be a nightmare trying to get a U-Haul and everything for that. Okay. Um, <clears throat> which way should toilet paper go from always on over? I am a big believer in putting it over. You put it under, then you gotta grab it and pull up, and that's just annoying. You're sitting down. Why have to pull up? Oh. Here we go. Frank Bruce, thank you for all the help. Thank you, Frank. Okay. I need to get a mouse for this thing. I don't know if I can use a mouse while I'm up in the air like this. I am missing some super chats and I don't know how to find them again. Um, they are passing me by too quickly and I don't know why they're not showing up for me. And then it keeps like resetting up above. 
do dump, I'll give you some money, but you won't need it until after the squeeze. That's probably true. I do need to get my truck home at this point though. Uh, I, I have, I, I, I've got options. I, I, I just have to figure out how to get the money in my account. <laughs> my top spike prediction for this, uh, for the squeeze is from Alex Fonseca. Um, depending on which stock, I, I think we'll see some of the, the, the littler stocks like costs probably go into the thousands. Um, I think it's very likely that the AMC will go well above a thousand. Uh, and I think GME will probably be king and go for prices that people can't even conceive of. That when, you know, your boomer parents find out how much a stock sold for in the newspaper a day later, they're going to be like, how oh, is that possible? Why didn't I listen to my child and buy that stock? I think that we'll see that happen a lot. Uh, wingless Kelly Super Chat. I don't. Uh, I don't know where it went. Um, I click. I can't. I can't find Wingless Kelly Super Chat. Sorry, man. Um, wingless Cody, where'd it go? Houston. This is from Doctor Dosier. 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 Uh, Houston of AMC goes to three hundred. Uh, won't they have to buy all the naked shorts because of the interest and the paper loss mess, uh, mess of the balance sheet? I think it's very possible. I think that if it goes to $300 a share, their their leverage will be so high compared to their assets under management that uh, the banks will have a fit and they're, 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 they're going to be facing what, um, what Archegos was facing, uh, uh, just eating away at the liquidity of the banks. And I think we're going to see so many margin calls that the, the banks, that they're going to make new laws about how trading on margin happens. The, in the last, in 2020, margin trading grew, I think, by 74% at just an astronomical rate. And the market didn't grow up 74%. So, you know, the overall effect is that there's a huge loss somewhere in there of wealth. And if... You've got so many people trading on margin that it can't keep up with the actual cash available in the market. Uh, then, then we run into weird troubles. And um, yeah, I think everyone's balance sheets are gonna be messed up as a result. Sarah Jane, I'm going to get a professional assistant with capital gains. Have not found one yet, but a business plan, LLC, and business account IRAs would start there. Yeah, get an accountant for sure. You don't want to, you know, make a million dollars and then miss up, mess up your uh, uh, payment to the government because that's when you're going to get audited and then your life is just screwed and they'll be like, hey, you bought this extra car when you should have given us that money and that car is now not worth what you paid for it and uh, we're, you're going to jail. <laughs> so don't, don't be one of those people. Well, Microvision squeeze. Ooh, I haven't looked at Microvision, uh, Greg, Jesse. I'm going to have to take a look and see... Uh, what Microvision has in their in their uh, short interest and and no like the reported short interest, especially S3, is manipulated. Um, so they might say something twenty percent short, uh, uh, short of twenty percent, but in reality it's much more than that. Um, Igor, uh, I, th I wonder if that guy like drinks and then just gets honest on Twitter, but 
he basically explained that if you have a company or a fund that lends their share to somebody else, then that's sold, right? If that share is lent again, they ignore this original one, even though there's two layers already tracing back to that share. So they count this one as being part of the short interest and they ignore the original one. So if it happens three or four times, they start eliminating consideration of all the previous ones and just only count the current uh, uh, iteration of it being lent, even though nobody has been paid back yet. So when they were showing, they're, they're reporting like 20% short interest on GameStop, but if you looked at FINRA, there was 150 million shares owned by funds and institutions, which was twice of what all the total shares were. It's like 300% of the float. But you know, how can you have 300% of the float but only 20% short interest? That doesn't add up. Um, so I think like the S3 short interest data is not very accurate and not very helpful. So if you see what seems like a really high short interest with S3 data, uh, then it's probably much higher than that in reality. Um, so if we look at Microvision, uh, I would look at that data and then just think it's more than that if S3 is reporting it. And if that's the case, they're probably one of the ones that will pop when this whole thing goes. Uh, Deborah Cordes, is it legal to be a market maker and long and short on stocks? That doesn't seem right. Market makers are a weird loophole. They basically, the SEC gives them almost the ability to do whatever they want as long as they keep liquidity flowing through the market. So they can generate these shares, these naked shares, and they can generate naked calls and puts. And they, as long as people are buying it and spending money, that's what the SEC wanted because they want money flowing through the market. As long as money is flowing through the market, then stock prices, uh, keep healthy and everyone's happy, but they didn't really consider the, the, that people who get into finance are not necessarily the most honest people. And they make these rules that are like, okay guys, this is what you should do, but if you don't do that, um, we're not gonna do anything about regulating you. And that allows um, a lot of bad people to do a lot of bad things and get away with it. So yeah, they can do whatever they want, uh, Deborah, and I'm hoping that this summer is when they get their comeuppance. Uh, Protege Sun, did you see where Christian uh, Christian uh, Andrews got threatened with a lawsuit? Yeah, <laughs> that, that was funny. That's one of those things like, bring it, buddy. Um, you know, a lot of people like to threaten lawsuits. I've, I've been sued twice. And what they don't realize was is that there's discovery. And if he does get sued by the hedge funds, uh, uh, Andrews, all Andrews has to do is ask for discovery to prove, you know, show me all your books, show me every trade you ever made, and they have to comply. So, you know, if they're saying, hey, we, how dare you talk about us generating synthetics, and he can say, okay, show me every trade you've made for the last year and where you got those stocks from. And they'll have to show him everything in that hedge fund's books, and they don't want to do that. <laughs> so, you know, it's all, it's, it's going to be a big bluff because it won't work out in their favor at all. So... Yeah, that's hilarious that they threatened him with a lawsuit. I mean, people can threaten lawsuits all the time, and then they realize what a pain in the ass is actually sue somebody, and usually it kind of fades away. So, yeah. Jared Mortis, Houston, do you agree? Bear Rainbow? I don't know what that means. <laughs> sure, why not? I don't know.
Uh, Rafi, Houston, you gotta do these more. Uh, appreciate wisdom, very much appreciate, especially during these times. Well, thank you. I can ramble all day long. I, that's what I love to do. Uh, and I'll try, I'll try to do this more. Um, this week I've got to get grades done and figure out how to get my truck in uh, back up to Seattle. Uh, and hopefully in my truck, I can't go, I can't do field season as long as I don't have a truck. So, um, I probably have more time to sit at home and do videos, be my guess. So if I can do more, uh, Jomar Dif, oh, Defuntorum, hope I said that right. Thoughts on planter, is it squeezable? Uh, plant, plantier, plantier, I would say that right. Um, they're like the AI robot company or whatever, right? Um, it sounds like they're pretty, they're shorted to oblivion and they're one of those meme stocks that, that you get traded really high. I don't know enough about them. Um, I heard they have some sort of tech that's gonna be uh, coming to market here soon uh, that should be big. But beyond that, sorry man, I don't know enough. It's one of those things I gotta, like in microvision, I gotta look those up more uh, to, to be able to give you a better answer. Sorry, that's not helpful. Maybe next chat I'll have a better idea. Sorry. <clears throat> Mando DeLorean, Mando DeLeon, sorry. Houston, thoughts on a $40 strike expiring September, 4, September 17th? I assume that's for AMC. Um, I think you guys have a lot to take it, personally. Uh, it's above $40 right now. And if you bought it uh, weeks ago when it was probably pennies, uh, you are sitting on a good fortune. Uh, if you, you, can, you, can, you can make definite cash off it now or and use that to, to buy more when it gets shorted again, a short attack. Uh, or you can sit on it and wait for the squeeze and then execute and you know you got you're sitting on, you're sitting on money bank you make it make it rain head, head off to the uh, shady lady ranch with all those truckers and have a night of it new mega thank you so much uh thank you this is this is all wonderful i uh, i very much appreciate it blaine according to the toilet paper holder patent it goes over me personally you should go under but that would apparently make me wrong. Yeah, Blaine, sorry. <laughs> you're, just, you're just fundamentally wrong on that. I remember the first time somebody posed that question, I think I was a little kid and I was watching Oprah with my mom and they're doing like this pet peeve episode with all these wives and, and this one wife is complaining about how the husband always put the toilet paper under and the crowd was like, no, and they demanded to be over. And I'd never thought about it before and I, you know, every day after that, I'd sit in the bathroom and I'd be like, Oprah says it has to be over, and I would change it, whatever bathroom I was in. And that was the original reason why it had to be over in my head. And then when I got older, I uh, thought about the physics of it. <laughs> okay. Uh, Thomas Mulcairn, the whole market will crash. Oh no, that's just, why does it keep resetting? Well, Karen, come back. No, something about market crash and 36-year cycle. I do think we're going to have one hell of a correction uh, when all these um, uh, uh, these uh, margin calls happen and all those blue chips get liquidated. I think there's going to be big-time uh, correction happening there. All right, Smith, thank you so much. For the truck, oh that war rig, and get the monkey butt home. She, although she just loves that that couch so much or that bed so much. I never go to Wall Street bets. It's a trash place now. I stay in AMC stock. Uh, yeah, I don't. 
read over, I didn't read it very much anymore. Um, I used to scroll it, and now people just kind of send me the articles that are interesting, and I read those. Or if I get tagged in something, I kind of head over. But uh, there's so much drama <laughs> that happens. People just get so uptight about things, and and like, man, chill out. The squeeze is gonna happen, baby. There's, it's gonna happen. Just let it, just let it happen. That's all I have to say. Okay. Oh, I keep I think scrolling too fast and too far here. Uh, Nick Tringale, thank you so much. The into into the truck fund it goes. Houston, you're clear for takeoff. I hope so. Oh, Wingless Coyote Super Chat. Thoughts of Bank of America and Citigroup restricting short selling of AMC. Ah, yes. Um, we saw in, I think it was April, uh, most of the brokerages that, that uh, kind of handle margins for some of these uh, hedge funds, they put in rules that in order to short AMC and GME and a couple other meme stocks, you had to have three assets, $3 of assets for every $1 of you of your short which is you know very opposite of how it normally works normally you have one dollar of assets for every ten dollars that you want to short on something and uh so bank of america and citigroup and others um you know specifically getting down to these meme stocks is them knowing for a fact that this sucker is going to squeeze and they're going to owe so much money when those hedge funds go bankrupt uh, so yes, Wingless Cody. Sorry, sorry, I didn't see that one earlier, and I missed it. But yeah, that's that's a good place to be. Uh, uh, when Archegos went under, and Goldman Sachs and Credit Suisse and J.P. Morgan and Nomura, they they lost billions, thirty billion dollars collectively. Um, I think that was a big wake-up call for the banks, and we saw the banks in April uh, issue what, $100 billion in, in corporate bonds. Um, and I think that's in preparation for what's about to happen, is those bonds are necessary to cover all the margin calls that are gonna happen. And they might, they might, need, they might need even more um, to be able to do that, which is where probably the Federal Reserve will come in. And why I think there's so many um, uh, treasuries being purchased through the reverse repo program with the Fed is to get more cash into these banks' coffers for when this happens. Um, that's speculation on my part, uh, but I, I, I think that's where we're heading, is that, is that these, these banks are trying to beef up their cash reserves or liquidity for, for when it goes nuts. So QQ, thank you for getting me with counties because this, this little chat screen for me is the most useless thing in the entire world. Um, they need to do a better job, YouTube. Uh, shh, SHH, thank you, the dog. She deserves it. Uh, what options are you considering on AMC? Uh, right now, the options trading I'm doing with AMC is to basically get cash at the moment. Um, so I like to buy the buy some options when there's a big short attack, and then wait for uh, buying pressure and then sell again. So I'm I'm just going to keep working that that cycle. So. Um, I like to buy usually options that are about three months or so out, if I can, uh, uh, and and try to try to work that. Um, the the 618 145 calls are so cheap at the end of trading on Friday that that's why I picked those up, hoping that uh, on Monday or Tuesday I could sell them for a good profit, of maybe a thousand dollars or so. 
and that will help cover costs on the truck. <laughs> so yes, is he is. That's that's the way I'm working on that. Is gold superior to the other precious metals uh, as hedge as a hedge against inflation? Also, would you recommend buying physical gold or gold stocks? Uh, here's the thing with buying gold is that when you buy physical gold, you are buying at market price. But when you sell physical gold, you're selling it at a fraction of market price, and it's really screwy. Um, gold stocks generally uh, uh, maintain that kind of standard um, pricing on them. The gold mutual fund is pretty good. Uh, when I mine gold, I usually sell it to a gold mutual fund. Um, I'm a licensed, uh, considered uh, uh, an artisanal miner uh, through artminer.org. So because I don't use chemicals when I mine, I can sell my gold actually for a price, a cheap price. Think of it as like organic farming, but for gold mining. And through, so through artminer.org, I can sell actually for about 115% market price because, because some yuppie will want um, uh, conscientious gold to buy a ring or whatever. Um, that being said, if you want to get gold and you're industrious, I would buy scrap gold uh, at auction um, on eBay, on high bid, uh, APRO, uh, at estate sales. You can get old, broken, like 14 karat gold uh, watches and pendants and things like that. And what I do in my garage is I take those, I take old computer electronics, I find 486 CPUs that are really heavy in gold, I crush them all up and I, I put them in acid baths and I get the pure gold out of them and I make, I make ingots. And it's a great way to kind of have a hobby that makes you money. It's fun. Just don't breathe in the gases because they will kill you. <laughs> Those acid fumes are you know, hydrogen sulfide, other gnarly stuff. They'll just eat up your, uh, your, your, your lungs. Um, but gold is the king of uh, uh, a hedge metal. When the market crashes, gold skyrockets because everyone likes to put their money into this physical asset. Uh, so, you know, if we're all predicting that the market's going to have a big oof later, um, it's good to buy gold now, especially if inflation happens because the dollar amount of that gold skyrockets since most gold is traded in U.S. dollars. Uh, so it's a, it's a good way to hedge. So yeah, do stuff with gold. Okay, Thomas uh, Mulcairn, uh, good retailing everyone. Oh, thank you, Thomas. You're from Europe, so that's pounds. Great Britain. Okay. Thoughts on 15-minute GME, uh, 15, uh, GME meeting. I'm hoping the GME meeting um, is going to reveal that uh, uh, they're doing crypto dividend. I, I suspect they'll probably do a report on how many outstanding shares there are, or at least votes. And I honestly don't know beyond that. They might, they might, you know, name someone to the board or something that happens that's kind of out of left field. They already got to say that they're out of debt with that stock sale, uh, uh, sale they did back in April. So they're sitting $900 million in cash and no debt. And that's exactly where all these short sellers did not think they were going to be. Okay. Um, Sean Abrams, how do you see the next couple weeks playing out for AMC? Uh, I think we're going to see kind of a, a little gamma cycle. 
Uh, Monday and Tuesday, we'll see a spike in price. We'll probably see a short attack maybe Wednesday uh, and another one on Friday to keep that price suppressed in case uh, more of those puts and calls will go in the money. Um, and if the stock price keeps finishing higher every Friday, that's more puts and calls every single Friday that go, which means the next Monday and Tuesday will have more gamma squeeze. So as long as we, they keep that happening, um, then I think AMC is just going to keep chugging upwards and not, if not have more weird spikes like last week. So Jeff, that's, that's where I see, sorry, Sean, that's where I see AMC happening. Um, Jeff Vance, if naked shorts are borrowed shares that don't exist, do they still have to buy back the shares that don't technically exist? Yes, they have to buy them back because they're IOUs. Uh, so if you have, if you happen to have one of the synthetics in your account, it's an IOU saying like, you know, tattooed on there, it says, uh, Susquehanna owes one share for this. And the only way that can be erased is either Susquehanna buys a share and puts it into your account, or Susquehanna buys a share back from you and deletes it from existence. But as long as someone holds that IOU, that share is owed or has to be purchased back at some point. I'm so grateful to have moderators right now. I'm seeing all these deleted messages here. <laughs> and uh, New Mega, thank you so much. Oh, where did it? Oh, oh no, it just scrolled really fast again. No. Where'd my scroll bar go? Where'd my scroll bar go? Okay, uh, it's from Leo. Uh, Jimmy meeting will be dull unless you look for what, what, uh, for what's your me not told. Situation normal, buy hold, buy hold. Yeah, I mean, Jimmy meeting might have something exciting for us. I'm hoping it will. Um, oh, Super Steven, I skipped your super chat. I'm so sorry. Uh, can you uh, type it again and I can see it? Um, I get talking and then the super chats pile up there and I miss them and they disappear and I don't know how to get them back. How do I, how do I get them to pop back? Sorry, Super Steven. Um, if you can write it again, I will, I will try to answer. Um, Logan or Mayweather? Um, I hope Logan gets his ass kicked, but the problem is that Mayweather is about the size of monkey butt, and Logan seems like he's a hulking beast. Uh, so, you know, there's a size difference, but then Mayweather's actually good at boxing. So, you know, I'm, I'm hoping for Mayweather, and I hope that somebody teaches him to read someday, because I'm sure he has lots to, to, is a lot of good books out there for him to read. <clears throat> uh, are, are the shows in this chat? I'm so glad I found a couple of mods that can go through this stuff for me <laughs> and take care of it. So, uh, yeah, get rid of the racist, get rid of the shills, please. Thank you so much. Okay. Um, Donald Holder, uh, what will happen to the crypto market during the squeeze? I think the crypto market during the squeeze is going to crash really, really hard. Uh, simply because there's a lot of crypto that's held by these hedge funds. And when they get liquidated, probably the first thing to get liquidated will be crypto because crypto trades 24 hours a day. There's no, there's no uh, uh, business hours for it. And so if someone gets margin called on a Friday evening, all that crypto can be liquidated uh, Friday night, Saturday, Sunday, Monday before the market opens. 
and there's a lot more cash available than when uh, uh, those assets get liquidated um, that are securities. So I think the crypto market will probably be a good canary in the coal mine for the squeeze. If we see the crypto market crash even harder than it did a couple weeks ago, um, that might be an indicator that someone's getting margin called. Um, and you know, a lot of that crypto sell-off we saw, I think was these funds buying up or getting cash ready so they could they could dive into AMC and GME and other meme stocks and buy up those shares before the 21 day cycle hit. So we might see it again uh, coming up before the 24th. We might see that, that the crypto market takes a nice hard dive before that second 21 day cycle uh, kicks in again. Uh, Black Stallion, $5,200 puts uh, for SPY in September. Um, if, if we see this squeeze hit hard, SPY is probably going to drop really hard with it, and that's when you exercise those suckers. Um, I think that's, that's, what, that's, that's the way you go, <laughs> and that's how you're going to make your money off that. Why uh, this is protege son? Why is Jimmy's floor so much higher than AMC? Uh, simply because of how many shares are available. Um, there's 73 million GME shares, and then there's what 800 million AMC shares. So uh, uh, it's easier for a miserly few to hold on to the to a smaller amount of shares and refuse to sell and drive that price higher because of rarity and scarcity. Whereas when you've got hundreds and hundreds of millions of shares, the likelihood uh, people paper handing off early and getting that cycle going of where uh, the, the investment funds start selling um, to make their cash back on this is much more likely to happen sooner, I believe. So I think that's why we're seeing the, the ceiling for GME, the potential ceiling for GME being higher than the ceiling for AMC. Hope that answers your question. Okay. Super Steven, I'm trying to find your super chat or your, your chat here. Yes, and thank you, Mods. You're doing an awesome job. I'm, I'm very glad I figured out how to do that. Um, my estimation of how is Mike uh, Gertis. Uh, my estimation of how many nakeds are out there. Um, back in March, I was estimating that there was probably 500 million to a billion. Uh, naked or shares generated for GME and for AMC it's probably also in the billions uh, they, you know when they do these short attacks they're essentially just dumping naked shares on the market and they, they aren't you know there's only a, a million shares to borrow right and then but they're selling 200 million shares in 20 minutes that's the math doesn't add up so I think we're seeing tons and tons and tons of naked shares get dumped on the market. And we're probably seeing a lot of uh, uh, buying happen from other short hedge funds. So like, okay, you guys dump them over here and we'll buy them up and then we'll dump them and you buy them up and they just drive the price down that way. David Woodley, uh, can you explain how the merger, reverse mer merger could force MOAS for GME? I'm not sure. Are you talking? Are you talking about uh, 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 a reverse stock split? 
or reverse merger. There, there have been talks about um, the merging with uh, the gaming group. Uh, the name totally left my brain at the moment. Um, but you know, any news is good news, and that's that's you know that that can always drive brain pressure. People when people hear hear these things pop up in the news. Um, Anything on how RC recalling shares of 69 would force um, MOAS? Uh, it would probably drive a buying pressure up for sure because those shares, those shares have to be returned to their rightful owners. Um, and as long as the share prices go high, the leverage on those margin accounts get really high. And that's when the banks get nervous and they may have to uh, margin call. So that's, you know, if they, if they recall shares, they do a, a crypto dividend, um, they announce a merger. We can have all sorts of crazy things happen to make all that stuff go bonkers. Okay. Steven, I'm still not seeing where your thing is. I'm so sorry. Um, there it is. Oh, okay. Here it is. Found it. Super Steven. Uh, can the AMC squeeze still occur if the hedge funds didn't cover their shorts? Uh, don't cover their shorts. My financial advisor told me Citadel can uh, weather the storm of losses weekly. I... As, as long as they don't, aren't forced to cover their shorts, they'll weather the storm. Um, the only way that any of these guys are going to sell their sh or cover their positions is if they're forced to. And the only way they're going to be forced to is when the choice is taken away from them. I mean, they get margin called and the trading computers have to start buying and liquidating their assets. Uh, that's pretty much the only way it's going to happen. They won't do it on their own. They will do every little bit of trickery they can to mask those positions, um, but you know, again, we get one of these crypto dividends or whatever that get issued. They can no longer mask that stuff. Uh, you know, the, if a regular dividend, say a dollar a share for a stock, is issued, and there's a whole bunch of short interest on it, those hedge funds that shorted the stock, they have to reach into their pocket and pull out a dollar for every single one of those shares. And so you might see on your um, statement, it'll rather than saying dividend, it will say PIL for payment in lieu. And that is letting you know that your stock has been lent out. And so if you get that PIL on there, um, you have a synthetic in your account and you're not getting paid by the company for your dividend, you're getting paid by the hedge fund uh, masking um, that, that dividend. And it's easy for them to reach in their pocket and pull out a dollar to pay that stuff. It's damn near impossible if say GME offers a crypto dividend, they can't reach their pocket and find a non-fungible token to put into your account at all. That doesn't exist. And so, you know, there's going to be a host of margin calls because these large institutions, they'll be like, hey, where's where's my PIL of this crypto dividend? You've you have failed on your contract of paying the interest and any dividends that are issued, and now you owe me that stock and they're going to say boom margin call and they're going to liquidate and force them to go on the market and buy up the stock and close those positions so that the institutions can get their crypto dividend from that stock and that's why it's such a genius thing i mean they should they could offer i don't know da vinci paintings or something and be hard for them to, to cover that also okay
Protégé signed up the crypto dividends announced on Wednesday. How long do I think it would take for to trigger the MOAS? Not long. Um, uh, uh, if that dividend gets, starts to get delivered within a week of that, and the big funds who lent out a whole bunch of their shares are not getting their dividend, their crypto dividend, then um, that's that's you know that that's probably what's going to trigger it. Be my guess. So come on, crypto dividend. I am pulling for it. Um, so K Slick 34, who determines the amount of shares a company will be assigned and how did the shares outstanding get uh, into the 501 million from the, from the mid 400 million without anyone knowing? That's basically naked shorts. Um, that, well, not necessarily naked shorts, but also borrowing and reborrowing. So um, if an institution has a share, and they lend it to a short to sell. A synthetic is made in the institution's account. So they are a shareholder of that company. They don't, just, they don't have the physical share, they have an IOU. The short sells it to somebody. And so now somebody owns that share. The institution claims they own a share. The person who bought the borrowed share claims they own a share. Well, if this is another institution and they lend that share out to somebody else and they sell it, now you've got three of the shares sitting around out there. And so all of a sudden the number of shares visible start to skyrocket. So there's one real share and two synthetics. Well, this person lends their share out to somebody else and they sell it. So now you got three synthetics and a physical share. And it can happen again and again and again and again. And all of a sudden the number of shares that are, are in the books can be several times the actual number of shares that are supposed to be out there. Uh, one of the things that were happening was a hedge fund or a, a institution lends their share out, so they get a synthetic, that share gets sold to somebody. Then they would lend the synthetic out to somebody else, and they would sell it. So now, now there's like two IUs, IOUs sitting in their account. And, and then they would lend it again. So one, one share would be lent multiple times as a synthetic all over the place, and it, I think, is really messing up the books. And so they, one of the first rules that they passed uh, when they started this whole new host of rules back in uh, March, in February, was once a share is lent by institution, they can't lend that same share again. So you can't like, you know, uh, sell the Brooklyn Bridge to this guy and sell the Brooklyn Bridge to that guy and expect to get away with it. So that's one of the first things that cut out, which I think reduced the amount of shares available on, uh, to be bought on the market by a whole bunch, which is when we saw volume start to shrink a whole lot. You know, January, February, March, we were seeing days with GameStop where 90 million, 150 million shares of trade there's only 70 million in existence. And then all of a sudden, there's 4 million trading, 9 million, 4 million, 9, 6, 7. And the volumes are just so tiny after that rule passed. That I think um, that's one of the reasons why uh, uh, there are so many shares generated in the first place. Okay. My VO2 max is terrible right now. I'm so used to sitting down while I'm talking about this stuff. I've been in front of like a real classroom in so long. We used to pontificate and walk all over the place. Okay. Do they have options on crypto? I don't think so. I don't think you can even do limit orders. Are you talking about the crypto app? Um, I mean, all the only stuff I have right now in crypto are these shit coins that have fractions of a value. So I have like 54 million Shiba Inu coins, hoping that someday I'll go to a penny and I can walk with 500,000 bucks and be happy. Um, 
but uh, I don't think I can do limit sales with it, and I don't think they have options. I don't think you can you can set up contracts yet. They might have on Polonix, but those are the guys that stole a whole bunch of crypto from me and kicked me off when they said that people from Washington couldn't be a member of their thing anymore, and I lost thousands of dollars. So I don't really trust their network. They seem like a scam to me. Uh, but you can look around to other ones. Okay. How will we know if and when the DCC computers get turned? Oh man, uh, they get turned on. I can't remember who's. I can't. The, the thing just reset on me again. Um, I think we'll know when the price starts to skyrocket. Uh, uh, the margin calls probably won't be announced until after they happen. So we'll, what we'll see is the price just go through the roof all of a sudden for no reason at rates that are faster than we expect. And um, that's probably gonna be our signal that margin calls happen. And then when it gets close to the end of the month, when these banks have to do their reporting, is when they'll say, hey, we have a $10 billion loss or a $50 billion loss or whatever. And we'll start to see pop up in Bloomberg and other news like, oh, you know, Mar uh, Melvin got margin called or something. Um, S uh, sorry, SSLG, that's, thank you, Resident Flea. Uh, uh, that's that's the group that could possibly merge with GameStop and Anne Hans. The CEO is pretty incredible, um, and I think it would, it would be a gangbusters if they named her CEO. She seems to be pretty good friends with Ryan Cohen. They've been like this, so I think it's very possible that that might get announced, and that would be pretty awesome if it was. They announced that. They announced uh, the crypto dividend. They announced that they're doing a share recall. Then, man, that'd be a nice, perfect storm going on. Um, I'd like to see GME and AMC do the crypto dividend together. That would be extra evil. Heck yeah. And then all of a sudden there'd be enough of these coins out there that uh, uh, something could be traded on the market and it'd actually be worth something. So, you know, there we go. Uh, Nick Turk, do I think the T21, T35 cross in October will be the nail in the coffin for hedge funds? I think... I personally think we might see the squeeze before October. Um, you know, uh, if those guys all get vaporized with margin calls before then, uh, then I don't think it will matter if, if those two happen to cross at the same time. Um, if they manage to stay this off for a long time, for months, that might be when we see it. But I, I have just something in my gut tells me it's going to happen sooner than that. And you know, I got to trust my gut. It got really big during during the pandemic, so. I feel like it's it's gained some knowledge during that time. Okay. Short hedge funds, no, they'll be liquidated. Can they just move all their money assets offshore? I think that's exactly what they're doing. Um, I think they're they're moving a whole bunch of money offshore because they know that the, the end game is here. And if those assets are in American accounts and they get margin called, it's going to get sucked clean. Uh, so, you know, the guys that run those funds They've got their secret accounts in the Caymans and Aruba and Virgin Islands and wherever else, and they're probably just stuffing those accounts with all the spare cash they have, uh, knowing full well that that their company isn't long for this world, and the billionaires who members their hedge funds are going to lose everything, and yeah, and they'll just do it all over again in a couple of years. So, you know, they got their millions. What do they care? Oh, uh, here we go. Uh, from New Mega, 
let's say AMC squeezes and I want to sell a massive uptick. Should I sell it market or limit? I would sell it market. Uh, I'm sorry, 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 not market. I'd sell it limit. I would set a price. If you see it rocketing upwards, I would just set that price that you're comfortable with and what you think you're, it's worth and wait for it to hit that target. Because um, when those computers take over, they will buy whatever's available. Right? So if there's markets available, they'll buy that. But if there's, if there's no market things available, they'll scoop up all the limit orders at a certain level, they'll scoop up the next level and the next level, and they're just gonna clear this as fast as they can as long as they've got the cash in their account to do it. Um, so I, I, I think, that's, uh, think that's, that's probably limit orders are the best way to go. And then you know if the price starts diving because the buying pressure is over, maybe then you just dump it all what's left on the market. But you know we'll probably see it go up and down a whole bunch as uh, uh, various layers of that um, insurance and banks uh, burn through their cash to buy these things and balance the books. So, yeah. Okay. Mike Herod. Oh, this is in Yen. Um, if synthetic shares are indistinguishable from real shares at the broker level, uh, how are brokers able to report an accurate share count? The proxies get distributed to all shares regardless of statistic. Will shares held uh, be eligible to vote? That is one of the curious questions and why there's a, uh, an outcry from retail investors to attribute blockchain to stocks. I mean, if you can track an individual Dogecoin as it bounces around the blockchain, going from uh, wallet, wallet to wallet, why shouldn't you be able to follow the ledger of a stock doing the same thing? And it also makes it nearly impossible to create a naked share to dump on the market if you've got a blockchain going because you know the computing power it would take to counterfeit a share in that blockchain is something that no one yet possesses. Um, so I think one of the changes you might see in the coming years is a blockchain being associated with all these shares so we can see what's synthetic and what isn't really easily just by looking at the ledger. And right now the way the DTCC is set up is that they have the mainframe that holds all the, all the electronic shares in it. And they don't let anybody look at it. So, you know, if, if, if you are a company that you're afraid that you're being naked shorted and you demand the DTCC show you uh, what's in the computer, they won't do it. And so far, all the lawsuits that have happened over this, um, the judges have done a really weird thing where they basically said that the, the clearinghouse does not have to reveal their books to anybody, which is really weird because they're not a government institution. It's not like they're, you know, have the nuclear codes or something in these computers. All people want to see is, are there a whole bunch of naked shares being generated on your computer through this loophole? And the DTCC is like, you can't see anything. Um, so that stuff is very hard for everyone to, to, to know what's going on because these brokerages don't necessarily know what the other brokerages are doing. And all the all the master uh, copies seem to be held at the clearinghouse level. So, sorry, I can't answer that better for you, Mike. Adam in the Windy City. City, I just noticed huge spike in VIX call options for June and July. The open interest is unnerving. Would it be a good idea to hedge portfolios using VIX? I don't know enough. I'll have to look that up also. So I got to look up uh, VIX. I have to look up uh, uh, what was it Microvision? What was the other one I had to look up? Planter. I've got to look up those three and find out more. Um, so I, I, I will I will look at VIX and hopefully I can have an answer for you next time I do this. Sorry, Adam. Um, but if the open interest is 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 
unnerving, you know, maybe trust your gut, not financial advice. Uh, <laughs> okay, Ramrod. Have you seen the news about uh, cracking down offshore tax havens uh, from the G7 summit? I think news broke yesterday. Uh, and get the truck fixed. Uh, thank you. Um, I did not see about that. Uh, uh, so much wealth is being offshored in these in these little uh, tax havens that it's freakish. Um, there was an article last year that said something like $400 trillion was offshored of just American wealth. Um, and we saw in the Panama Papers, which was mostly about European wealth being offshored and Russian money especially, uh, that it's in the trillions. It's being dumped in Panama, it's being dumped in Singapore, it's being dumped in Switzerland, it's being dumped in uh, Cayman Islands and Aruba and British Virgin Islands and wherever these little tax havens are. And it's great business for these small island nations especially because you know they don't they got tourism, but they don't really have natural resources. They don't have a manufacturing sector. So if, if this little tiny population island nation can make a bank that will take anyone's money and not tax it, then there's a whole bunch of money in that bank and that bank can then make a fortune lending it out uh, uh, and you know playing within the stock market and doing other things. And they can take you know huge cuts and fees because the fees will be less than what the taxes are, so they're offshore. Um, a few years ago, uh, Apple had $200 billion or something offshore, and they were refusing to repatriate it in the U.S. because of the taxes. And, you know, that's it's a jerk move on, on Apple's part. And um, a lot of these companies, which are American companies, will put corporate headquarters in Ireland or uh, uh, other weird places. Um, you know, Halliburton moved to Dubai, where there's no taxes, even though all their business was with American companies. So, it's a. Uh, I'm I'm hoping there's some crackdowns. Um, you know, the, the the software that runs the banking system essentially was written by U U.S. companies and the U.S. government. Uh, so, any anytime the U.S. government wants, they can freeze a bank account anywhere in the world on any system, because all that stuff gets traded through U.S. dollars, and if we really, really, really wanted to crack down on it, we could crack down on it. So I, I, I'm hoping that they do because, you know, all that money sitting in bank accounts isn't doing us any good. <clears throat> um, real coordinated tax across the board tonight. Apparently, uh, yeah, that's, <laughs> those guys, uh, I'm so glad you guys are deleting these before I can scroll to see what the hell they're talking about. It's a it's a godsend. Thank you so much for volunteering to to to, to mod, moderate this. Um, on my end, I've got this tiny little screen about this big where all the chats are, and and I've got this little computer pad. It's really hard for me to scroll. Um, okay. Uh, Commander John, what's it going to take for someone to convince Adam Aaron to announce a streaming platform and crypto dividend to fire this thing up? I don't know. I, while Adam Aaron seems really like good at 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 being a public face of the company, um, I think some of these more advanced techno te uh, technologies are a little beyond him. It might take somebody of a younger generation with a little more gung ho ness and a little more uh, fire in the pants to, to get something like that going. So 
sorry, Commander John. I don't, I don't, I don't know what's going to take to, to convince him. Uh, Trey's, Trey's seems to have a good link with him, so he's a young dude. Maybe he can convince him. New guy investing. What are the odds of a GMC, GME AMC partnership or merger? I've heard rumors. AMC needs uh, something new to bring people, and GME needs a physical space for gaming hubs for a partnership. Yeah, I talked about this, I think, with um, uh, Kevin with American Market, uh, Atlanta, Atlanta Market Capital a couple weeks ago. Um, you know, theaters in general are like, like attendance at theaters is dropping because the prices are so ridiculous. And you got the streaming platforms at home, you've got gaming to compete with, that if AMC theaters opened up, you know, they've got these megaplexes with 10 theaters. If they open up one of those theaters once or twice a week uh, for gaming uh, uh, competitions, that'd be awesome. You got people, you got parents in the stands, a bunch of kids, you know, beating the hell out of each other. And uh, uh, I think it's great. It's like, it's like going to a Little League game, but you know, at 10 o'clock at night or whatever uh, at your local AMC theater, I think it'll be a great use of the space. Whether that will ever, ever actually happen, I don't know. It's up to the powers that be, I guess. Crypto exports. GME, T21, T35, uh, DDN Superstock says this coming week should see a huge price increase. Uh, do you think it will jump this week or next week or later? Um, I think the next big T21 is the 24th. Uh, uh, when we first started to see that that big spike, um, so and we might not see the 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 jump from that necessarily, but if we keep seeing price increases every week of you know 40, 50 percent, then there's a new T21 every Friday <laughs> or every, every three weeks after that. So we're happening every week, I guess. Um, so I think we might see some big jumps happen. Towards the end of the month, because we got kind of this perfect storm happening of uh, possible crypto dividends, uh, possible share recalls, announcements of CEOs, uh, possible mergers, these uh, DTC rules going into place, and and then towards the end of the month on the 24th we get this 21-day cycle, and the 35th, I'm not sure what date the 35-day cycle is coming in, but if all that stuff converges, that's my guess. Uh, so I hope, I hope, hope it's coming sooner rather than later, but I, I think around the 24th is when a lot of stuff might be converging. <clears throat> okay. Uh, it's from Boohoo Joshua. Can you discuss the share lending and how it relates to high frequency trading and how those algorithms steal from retail investors? Yeah, the high frequency trading is generally how the uh, commission-free trading gets funded. Um, so they, they'll take, uh, you have, you're making an order, you're buying a, a share for $100, right? And what like Robinhood or Webull or one of those uh, uh, trader apps will do is that they take your order and then they look for the order for a price drop somewhere. And they go, okay, I found the share for $99 or $99.98 and they buy it they charge you the hundred bucks and they keep the two cents. So instead of charging, uh, getting, the, getting the stock at the exact price you wanted and then charging you a commission, they buy the stock at a cheaper price than you would ask for and they keep the, the, the remainder. And um, that's how they keep themselves afloat and they fund their system. And then they also trade, you know, lend your shares out on margin and do all those things. Um, and 
Then there's the high frequency trading with like the dark pool networks and uh, the other hedge funds. And they're, they're just, you know, buy a stock at this price here, sell it for a fraction less there, buy it here, sell it for a fraction less there. And they're just doing this trading all day long, bouncing the shares back and forth. And it could be two hedge funds bouncing the same number of shares back and forth to be able to drive a price down or drive the price up um, and create artificial buying pressure or lack thereof. Uh, I would love to see a rule that says when you buy a stock, you have to wait 10 minutes before you can ever trade it again. So uh, it would kind of eliminate the, the artificial f manipulation of the stock price from the market uh, uh, and sort of keep these hedge funds at the same level as a retail investor. Because you and I don't have a computer system that can do this high frequency trading. So we, we are at disadvantage at all times. And I think for the market to be fair, you have to make the playing field even. You can't let you know a big giant hedge fund have more power than the retail investor because the retail investor will lose every time. And you know if, if we slow down the market a bit, we might see better trades, uh, uh, stock prices at a, at a more reasonable price, and what what reflects like the the core uh, uh, metrics of the company that's being traded. So yeah, that's. I guess, hope I answered your question about high frequency trading. Kind of got off on a tangent there. Uh, Nick Turk, uh, thanks for this guy crash, but from previous chat you said you would hold uh, uh, to sell until until a share was enough to retire on. Is that correct? Well, I was gonna hold to sell until I think the price is where all my shares can I can, can retire. So, you know, if GME hits 100,000 bucks, I'll sell that first share at 100,000 bucks and then do a limit order for 50% more for the second share. When that sells, I'm order for the next share for 50% higher than that. Just work my way up, and uh, that way I can make sure I can buy my Earth Roamer and then drive around the country with the dog smashing rocks. So, hope that explained that. <clears throat> okay. Be sure to check your dog for Lyme disease. Well, the great thing is, is that uh, it's so hot out that none of the ticks are out. They're just vaporizing. And she's got such short fur that I can easily see them and feel them. So I'm not too worried about those. But thank you. Yes, look for the ticks. We don't. The Southwest doesn't really have the uh, the same kind of deer ticks as as the rest of the country seems to have. We have to watch out for like leptospirosis stuff. There's a lot leptospirosis because there's a lot of cattle out here. But she's vaccinated for that. <clears throat> so Sad Boy Incorporated. Apparently, the FTD problem is valued at 100 trillion dollars domestically. Yeah. There's so many uh, failure to delivers. Um, the Anatomy of a Short Attack article is brilliant. It was written in 2014. Uh, uh, these small mid-cap companies that trade on the OTC, and they get shorted to oblivion. They get shorted out of existence constantly. And it's usually through naked shorting and failure to delivers. But if the share price is depressed so much and that there might be millions and millions and millions of billions of failure to failure to delivers on one of these companies where the share price is so low that no one enforces it. It's like uh, you know stealing a stick of gum for stealing a, a big screen TV. Like you're more likely to get away with the gum because it's going to cost more to enforce it than you are to steal the TV. And uh, so, but when you add all this stuff up, the naked shorts are beyond are 
beyond uh, comprehension and the failure to deliver's are ridiculous as a result and you know now that these retail investors are being made aware when this stuff when the comeuppance comes i think we'll finally start to see some rules made by the sec made by congress and others that kind of actually regulates the stuff and with some teeth and some force so sad boy that's that's where i, th I think we are I'm going to go for another 12 minutes here, people. I'll go to, to 10 o'clock my time. My voice is about to give out here. I'm very dry. Okay. Uh, merge holding companies. Let's see here. Uh, that was a good question. People are making good comments, but they're not necessarily questions here. Question, 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 question. Is GME still worth buying? I think so. Uh, uh, when it was at 2.30 back in March or April, I still picked up more shares when I had cash. Because, uh, I mean, if it's, if it, if it's going to hit thousands of dollars, millions of dollars or whatever, if you paid $200 for that share, who cares? <laughs> It'll be seem like pennies, uh, dro drops in a bucket, pennies on a dollar. Will Naked Squeeze? I don't know. If, uh, I'll have to look at uh, uh, Naked's um, short interest and stuff to see if they're part of that. I, their name pops up a lot, so I think uh, uh, it's possible that when, when the squeeze happens, it goes with it. Okay. Oh, I just scrolled too far. How can I stop the broker from lending my, a my AMC shares out? You have to be trading on a cash account. In order to stop them from uh, uh, lending out your shares, so basically you 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 don't have any trading on margin, and then you may have to physically tell them, like find somewhere on the app that says "Do not lend out my shares." So uh, a lot of them, like Fidelity and others, will automatically have that box checked, allowing for the lending of shares, because that's how they make some of their money, so that they can offer you trading without commission. Um, but they have to offer you the ability to say, don't, don't lend out my shares. And you can only do that if you're trading with cash and not on margin. Part of the deal with margin is that they get to lend your stuff out whenever they want. Um, let's see here, what's another question? Man, there's a lot of stuff getting, getting deleted. I doubt scrolling fast enough to see any of them. <laughs> okay. Uh, Vamp Brer, what's my floor for AMC and GME during the squeeze? Uh, GME is the thing I'm most knowledgeable about. Um, so my floor on them, for me, if the stock hits 100,000, that's why I'm selling my first my first share. Uh, uh, oh no, my, my internet seems to be dying here. I'm getting an error saying my video isn't working. Um, AMC, I think... You know, we can get into the into the thousands, maybe five figures with that. So I might sell my first share when we get there. So, yeah. Uh, if short hedge funds go margin call on two thousand dollars, will must be ten times that? Likely, if not more. Uh, as long as people refuse to sell, it's that prisoner's dilemma situation. As long as they refuse to sell, then it's will get pushed higher and higher and higher. What it comes down to is when people go, oh my gosh, 
I can retire and they start selling their stock, um, that's when we'll start to see the buying pressure ease up. But the so many shares have to be bought over and over and over and over again to clear these uh, positions. I still think people are going to have several opportunities to sell for a lot of money on all of them. I hope that came through because uh, my screen's frozen on my side and I, for some reason my internet just got really terrible. Might be that everyone is back in their hotel rooms and all watching movies and stuff. <clears throat> okay. Go, buddy. Okay. Oh, my screen just reset again. Protege Sun, thank you so much for doing these live streams. Extremely informative. Well, you're welcome. Uh, what funds do I think will be solid moves uh, with the... I think, I think if, you, if you buy into SPY, you buy into Vanguard's, uh, their price will be so depressed from the asset sales during the squeeze that uh, I think they'll be good buys because they'll recover again. They always do. Um, well, my friend John just says audio working, but video is frozen. Yeah, my internet just got so terrible. I think everybody got back from their hiking trips around here and they're all streaming Netflix and just taking up all the bandwidth. <clears throat> so now it's a radio show. <laughs> Welcome to Houston Wade Radio. Could this potentially crash the dollar? Yeah, very likely, because I think a lot of money's gonna have to get printed. And we, we've already printed so much money over the last year during COVID that, you know, the, the value of the dollar appears to be weaker as a result. You know, lumber is insanely expensive. Rental cars are insanely expensive. Uh, you know, gasoline's more expensive. It's, it's a signal that the dollar isn't as strong as it was. So I think it's possible. Okay. <clears throat> a lot of people argue about whether Bam is legit or not. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, he only, I only noticed his tweets a, a few days ago, so um, I'm not necessarily sure that 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 whether he's legit or not. He seems to know what he's talking about. Yeah. Uh, my thoughts on Apex clearing system. Since most retail level brokers use it. Yes, uh, Apex is what um, Robinhood and Webull trade on, and they sort of trade on a margin with them, um, which is why they had gotten mar essentially margin called and had to halt trading on the 28th of January because, you know, again, their, their goal is you buy a stock at X dollars, they try to find it for a fraction cheaper, and that's how they make their money, but they wait a moment for that trade. They wait a nanosecond or whatever. <clears throat> when the price started to skyrocket on the 28th. Someone wanted to buy a share for 400 bucks. The trading system would wait a moment to see if it would drop to 390 or whatever. But the opposite happened. It went to $500 or 480. And all of a sudden, Red, uh, Robinhood was just hemorrhaging cash because they weren't set up for, when, uh, for, for a short squeeze. And I hope that these trading platforms that are on Apex um, have adjusted their algorithm so that when a squeeze happens, they're not relying on the high free, they're just gonna forget that and just let you buy at, at cost so that they aren't hemorrhaging cash, forcing the trading to halt. Um, Interactive Brokers, I think, uses them as well. Uh, so, yeah, that's, that's, the, uh, that's my guess. All right. <clears throat> My video apparently is just terrible right now, I'm sorry. 
Uh, Robinhood's internal clearing now, not Apex. Okay, I think they were on Apex before, but uh, maybe maybe that's one of the things that they fixed. Would an AMC squeeze higher than GME on four fifty? Uh, depends on on you know. I think I think if AMC gets to four fifty, the margin calls are happening. That's, there's just so many hundreds of millions of shares, and that'd be so many hundreds of billions of dollars that these hedge funds owe that there's no recovering from that. Sorry, my dad is but is really hurting here. Um, I hope you guys can still hear me. I know you can't see me because the video is completely stopped. Uh, do you think it'll be all over by August? If I had to, like, if we had like an office betting pool, um, I, w I would bet that it'd be over by August, personally. Uh, yeah. So there we go. Um, yeah, I'm not using VPN or a fuscator. I'm on a crappy laptop and with terrible, terrible internet. So, uh, yeah. Recommend any good books? Um, Umeg, read the selected works of T.S. Spivet. Probably in the last decade, that's the book that stuck with me. Oh, am I back? Hope I'm back. My internet just died for a second and now it's coming back a little bit, but I think I think it might be time to say to say goodbye for the evening. <laughs> I don't know. I'm a goat. I'm a goat. I'm goat Leo. I uh, I I definitely can hold it for a long time. Also, I'm probably completely dehydrated because it's been 100 degrees today. <clears throat> All right. Well, it's 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 10 o'clock here. I might have to say good good uh, good evening for the day. Um, thank you so much for joining me. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. I love I love uh, chit chatting this way. It's a, it's a it's all new to me. So yeah, and thank you Tim Valen uh, Valen Valen Valen. Um, thank you so much. <coughs> all right, have a good night everyone. Thank you, and I uh, hope to see you again real soon. All right, have a good night.